Welcome to a new edition of the Sartorius podcast series. Please sit back and listen to what our experts have to say. In today's edition, we will be discussing common pipetting myths. We are Paolo Sartoman Jonioke, product managers for pipetting and dispensing at Sartorius. Um, Joni knows basically everything about pipetting, so that's why I'm asking the question from him. Thanks, Paulus. <laughs> Our topic is pipetting myths, or all those small little things people have learned on their own. Uh, and let's go with the first one. So, do you need to store pipettes at the nominal volume? So, do you really need to turn the, the uh, volume setting to the maximum uh, when you put the rest? Okay, uh, so this is a very common myth, and actually there is a truth to that. Um, to understand why, the, you need to understand a little bit about the construction. So uh, let's start by saying that with the modern Sartorius pipettes, you do not have to do this. So Proline Plus, Emline Takta, absolutely not necessary. Uh, Proline and most of the competitor products on the market, uh, yes, in certain cases. So uh, the, the reason why uh, some manufacturers say that you should store this in, in a nominal volume is that if you store it in a minimum volume, for example, you can compress the spring and, and cause the spring tension to get looser over the time. So that's that's the reason. But for short, short periods of time, like uh, like for lunch or for, for night, uh, I don't see that this is necessary for any, any, any brand. Uh, but obviously, uh, you should follow the, the brand's recommendation. So what makes Sartorius pipettes different to this traditional build? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't use the compression spring in, in a modern pi- mechanical pipettes. We use something called extension spring. So we use the spring differently. Uh, that's uh, half of the story. But more importantly, we don't compress or extend the spring when you change the volume. Uh, we move the whole construction with the adjustment. So this this is uh, the main reason why you don't need to change the volume to nominal or maximum volume with the modern Sartorius pipettes. Does this um, design have any other uh, benefits to the user? Absolutely. Uh, the main benefit is that the force that you use the pipette is constant, regardless of the volume. Uh, so meaning that when you change the volume to, from maximum to minimum, you move the whole construction and you don't compress or extend the spring, but the spring tension remains exactly the same. And for users, this means that the uh, force needed to operate the pipette is exactly the same, regardless if you're at the minimum or maximum volume. And this helps the users to be more precise in, in pipetting. Next question is related to pipette tips and their attachment. Um, some people are accustomed to and have learned to twist the pipette tips to get them sit tightly and not to fall down. I was actually recommended this with, with multi-channel pipettes when I was previously working in the lab. But what do you have to say about this? I would avoid it at all cost. That is bad for the pipette and it's bad for the user. Uh, let's start with the pipette. So, uh, if you need to use a lot of force when or twisting the tips on on a pipette, that's going to wear down the tip cones uh, a lot quicker than the traditional just pushing down the the tip cones to the tips to attach. So that's going to cause a lot more wear and tear on the parts, and uh, then you need to replace them more often. The second part is the user. So the the twisting motion is causing a lot of stress to your hands 
And uh, if you do this a, a 10, 100,000 times a day, depending how much tips you use, uh, it, it's going to accumulate a lot of stress to you, and that's obviously no good. So what is then the proper way to attach tips? Uh, when using tray tips, uh, open the tray, put the pipette on top of the tip, and just press down. If you have a, a modern Sartorius pipette, uh, you have the optiload system that tells you when you have used enough force. And that is enough. No more force is needed. Uh, so when you need to use a lot of force to attach the tip, that's going to have a dual effect. So you need to use a lot of force to attach the tip, but also the tip ejection is going to be a lot heavier than as well. And tip ejection is only done by your thumb with mechanical pipes, with electronic pipes, you have the uh, electronic tip ejection system, so it doesn't matter that much. But when ejecting the tips with mechanical pipe, you need to use the thumb to eject the tips, and that's going to accumulate a lot of stress. A tip ejection is actually the heaviest part of pipeting. So that's why it's really important to only use the necessary amount of force to load the tips. Otherwise, you're going to accumulate a lot of stress towards your thumb. The world is full of so-called universal fit pipette tips. But can you use any tip with, with your top-of-the-line and maintained pipette? Um, yes and no. Uh, it depends if the system works. So to understand this, uh, the answer to this question, you need to understand how pipettes work. So pipettes alone do not have specifications. The specifications are always given to the system, pipette plus tip. If you were to use uh, another brand tips, uh, the you, then you are responsible of ensuring that the combination works, but also defining how it should work. This sounds a little bit complicated. Um, in practical terms, what the user needs to do if you want to use mixed uh, pipette tip system is to send them to calibration and tell them to which limit you want this to be calibrated to. Um, it is always a good idea to start by checking the fit uh, and tip ejection. So that's the first tier, but that doesn't tell you the whole truth. So uh, first, you need to check that it fits. Second, it ejects. And third, that it works with the whole volume range that you intend to use it. So the tip geometry, uh, length, uh, volume, all those things affect which kind of results you get. And uh, the results might vary quite a bit between the two tips. And to add to that, if you work in a lab that you, you use multiple different brands during the day or during the weeks between the uh, uh, different work steps, uh, you really don't know which kind of results you're getting with your pipetting. So let, let's be clear about this. How do you get the, the Sartorius uh, pipette specifications? What do you need to do to really reach these? Uh, if you want out-of-the-box experience, you need to use Sartorius tips. That's the end of the story. No, no other option here. Uh, but if you need to use something else, then you need to send the, calibrate, uh, send, send the combination to calibrate it, and then you have the certification for that one. But then you also need to specify for the calibration company or the whoever is doing the calibration to which specifications you want to, to, to be calibrated to. Yeah, and, and to add to that, just to be sure, um, you should send the exact tips. So if you're using uh, pre-sterilized 
filter tips, um, you should send those with the with the pipette to calibration. Absolutely. And to add to that, uh, when you use the combination from the same manufacturer, the manufacturer ensures that the lot-to-lot variability is accounted. If you use something else and you, you verify it with one batch, the next batch might not work exactly the same because in pipettes and tips both, there is batch-to-batch variance. But if you use the, the pipettes and tips from the same manufacturer, you can be sure that the manufacturer has accounted for the batch variance as well. Often I hear that people struggle pipetting viscose liquids, but have solved the problem by cutting the end of the tip to make the orifice larger. So is this a clever solution to a pesky problem? Well, uh, you can get the liquid out uh, in and out much easier that way. Uh, but if you remember the previous question, only by changing the tip type, you can get different results. So imagine cutting the tip in half. The accuracy and precision are non-existent at that point. You can get the liquid transferred, but it's not pipetting anymore. It's just transferring the liquid. So this is if you need to be sure that you get 1,000 microliters, for example, that's absolutely no-go. There is no human on Earth that can cut the tip precisely uh, in, in the same plane that the, the original cut was made or the original orifice was. So that's absolutely not not pipetting anymore, but it's just transferring liquid. So what would be the manufacturer-recommended solution for viscose and, and these uh, difficult-flowing liquids with particles? First, uh, I will check that if there's white pore dip, then calibrate the pipette to, to the white pore dip, and then use reverse pipetting and extremely slow pipetting speed. With mechanical pipette, that can be a bit challenging, but with electronic pipette, you can set the pipetting speed to one, uh, both aspiration and dispensing, and that's going to help you get proper results. Uh, after the aspiration is done, hold the tip inside the liquid a uh, couple of seconds. Uh, I'd say up to 10 seconds if you have very viscous liquids. You can see that the liquid continues to move after the piston has stopped. So hold the pipette inside the liquid after the aspiration is done. When dispensing, dispense against the, the wall and along, uh, angle the pipe a little bit. Around 30 degrees is a good angle. That helps the liquid to get out. And again, very slow pipetting speed is the key here. Thank you, Joni. This has been very insightful. I hope our listeners also found it useful. If you have any further questions, please contact your Sartorius sales representative. Thank you so much for listening. Please. Stay tuned for further editions.